Welcome to another episode of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler, and in this episode, we're going to explore, examine, question, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. I'd like to thank our sponsor, The Money Nerve, a financial resource that helps you have a healthier relationship with money. Do you feel shame around your past financial decisions? Do you feel alone in your financial struggles? Do you self-sabotage your potential financial successes? Do you keep making the same choices, expecting different results? The Money Nerve has just launched a new online course called The Course to Financial Freedom. To learn more, go to themoneynerve.com forward slash course. The Money Nerve has an offer to all Money You Should Ask listeners for a 25% discount on the course. Use code MYSA, all caps, 25, and start your course to financial freedom now. Thanks again to our sponsor, The Money Nerve. Well, I am very interested in talking with our guests today. We're calling from, I don't know if I can say across the pond, but at least over the seas. Um, she's currently in Belgium, in Brussels. Um, I have with us today Sophie Triolet, and she is a digital expert consultant, an intuitive reader, a Reiki master, a pole dancer, and instructor, a healer, and a make shit happener, which I, <laughs> I love that. Let's make some shit happen. Uh, she was raised in Paris and has lived 17 years in California and now living in Brussels. So she is uh, traveling the world as we speak. Sophie, great to have you here. Thanks, Bob. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Now, I believe it is nighttime over in Europe. Yeah, it's evening. Still it's pretty... Evening pretty bright out because you know sun doesn't set that early over here ah so you've you were raised so you were raised in paris then you spent a long time in california and now you're back in europe um this is about money and money beliefs what would you say is the biggest difference that you notice between the usa perception and maybe the more european or french um what I would well, so first off, I feel like uh, in the states you have a little bit of uh, less of a safety net, um, and so I feel like people are maybe a little more hung, hungry, angry, and hungry, and they also uh, there is a dynamic um, that I definitely noticed when I was in the states of hustling and of uh, going after money that I feel was more prominent than uh, when I'm in Europe. Though I mean, entrepreneurship here is is has grown and the fact that I work in digital. So in that sector is definitely, is definitely big as well, but yeah, definitely feel like the States have a, I'm going after it. Do you think, so like I'm aware that when I was traveling to Spain and I have friends from Europe, they're used to taking like four or five, six weeks of vacation uh, on a regular basis. And I know in the States, sometimes it's hard to even take a week so it's hard for me to imagine when people say, ah, I need my four weeks. Is that, what's your experience on that? Yeah, I, you know what? This is, um, when I was in the States, I was freelancing and that was part of the reason. Um, I definitely wanted more freedom, more time to travel. I felt like as a freelancer, I could support myself and do that. And even now that I'm in Brussels, uh, I've also been freelancing, but I would just decide to take about three weeks at a time. So typically a good year for me is, is at least six weeks vacation, sometimes seven. 
Now, I'm not being paid while I'm doing this because as I'm not working, I don't build my, my, I don't build days, but I still, yeah, there's something to be said about having that free time. And I don't understand how, but yeah, you know what? It's changing though. Cause now you've got some companies that have changed that mindset saying they can take unlimited vacation. Now, I don't really think people are really doing it. I feel like maybe it's, it could be corporate culture, but it still would be looked down upon. Well, I, I know for me, I think about all that downtime as lost billable hours. <laughs> no, I do feel this way right now. Like not okay. having a work and, and not actually being traveling and being idle. Feel like, yeah, it's a little bit of waste, but I, I also feel like, um, even though I don't bill hours because I'm unemployed and we can talk about this, um, it's been actually pretty good self, uh, development, self improvement, uh, taking care of myself break, which I have not done in a long time. So I think it's Breaks way. are important. I just spent four or five days up in the mountains and with no internet and, uh, <laughs> it's actually nice. I mean, I felt a little guilty being lazy, but I, uh, it no. actually feels good to come back refreshed. Well, I did, I did, uh, disconnect for 24 hours and then my dad freaked out and yelled at me for not warning people. And I'm like, first, you should not be able to be reachable every minute. And second, right. there are times where we don't actually talk for 24 hours. It just turns out that was the time. And then I got in trouble <laughs> and not in a nice way, not in a good way. No. So did your parents teach you a lot about money when you were a kid? Yeah, it was interesting because um, uh, my parents are kind of upper middle class, I would say. My, my mom was a teacher, French teacher, so typically not making a ton of money. My dad was more, uh, a, let's say, uh, white collar, had a pretty good job. Uh, but they both had their parents that, uh, you know, went through the World War II. So there was a little bit of uh, on both parts. Um, mindfulness about money. And I would say that more so on my dad's side, which had more money than my mom's side. Um, yet my mom was a lot more generous and lenient, I feel. So early on, I've definitely uh, taken up upon my, my dad's side more into saving and kind of like keeping it on the side. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, yeah, they've, uh, they've been doing okay. So I feel like I've actually got a little bit both of the best of both sides. Do you remember the first time you got a big amount of money, like as a kid? Um, yeah, I think my dad was, uh, was going to give me some money, uh, as like, a, I think from my, for the end of my high school when I graduated. So instead of spending it, I kept him, I kept it with him as an investment. And to be frank, I don't recall, I had a pretty good, I think return as far as I negotiated a pretty good return. I don't really recall having that money back ever. And, <laughs> and, I, and I, I did that again, like maybe 20 years ago with a friend, I, which I lent a significant amount of money uh, to and he, he disappeared with it. But if he had honored the 10% return, that would have been great. I would, yeah. I would be able to put it down on my, on my future apartment if I, I do manage to buy one, but yeah, no. So somewhat, I, I did trust that and it, it didn't quite work. I think uh, those two times. So, uh, does that mean the third time, if I ask if I can borrow a hundred thousand bucks and I'll pay you 10% <laughs> that, uh, it's a maybe. Okay. First off, I don't have that kind of cash. Second, I did get repuffed a third time, but I think, uh, it was only 250 bucks. 
So I think it's oh, okay. It's, it's it's okay. I feel like part of me is trust. It has that trust. <laughs> and and I guess I'm not counting all the other time where it actually got back to me in all kind of different way, whether it's paid forward karma, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it's fine. I, I that didn't kill my trust in human beings. Mm. What was the uh? What was the worst financial decision you ever made, or like biggest financial regret? Oh, that one. Like, lending, lending the money. <laughs> lending the money. Uh, no, I guess also, you know, I, I lived in, first time I moved to the States, like for real, was like 2000 some or 2003. I was in San Diego and I moved to LA in 2006, I believe, or five. And and because I, I would never know where I want to be, I never invested, you know. Also, mm-hmm. I mean, there was probably something to be said about not having, not being eligible for a loan or whatever, it's if I wanted to have buy, bought a place in LA. But if I did back then, I think I would probably would probably feel pretty good about the real estate price right now. Yeah. Absolutely. So, what would yeah, you say no, is your Yeah. No, I'm saying like it took a while as an adult or as I consider myself more an adult and I'm forty three, so it's about time. Then I feel like yeah, it's a good now it's a good time to actually purchase a, a place. And I feel like Brussels would be a good place for me to do that because number one, I haven't been anywhere in six years. So I, it's safe to say that I'm fairly committed to this place. And, and it's still a city where you can afford a very nice place for, for much cheaper than most big cities. Mm-hmm. And you, so you have a lot of different jobs, different things that you do, um, intuitive, um, reading. And how did you, how did you get into that? How did you know you had a gift? Um, actually didn't get a gift. I, I actually acquired it. So ah. digital is definitely my main activity. That's what I, you know, that's what I live off of. Um, but as I lived in California, I was exposed to a certain kind of spirituality. And I, I went to this, uh, psychic school in San Diego. Then when I moved to LA, I started to find the same school of training, psychic training, if you will. It's, it's called <laughs> True Insight. It's in, currently in El Segundo. And so I picked up on, on uh, classes and started to read there. So it's reading energy. Um, and so little by little, I realized that I can actually, I can read. And, um, one of my friend, um, Insenio Carmen, she's a, the best masters uh, that I knew. She's referred me to a bunch of her clients. Suddenly I have like clients in San Diego that I do readings for when I travel to the state. And I only recently um, did flyers for for it here in Brussels. There's yeah. definitely some interest. Uh, I just need to probably develop it a little more. But I don't really push it. Maybe I should, but I don't really push it because I feel like energy work is something people need to actually seek for if they're ready or if yeah. it's aligned. Um, now, to be fair, I, I do charge a, a good price for it. And I think people are happy to to receive the treatments or the, or the energy healing. Uh, and I always do a, a gift, uh, like a friend's prize for my friend at first, but, um, yeah, I would like to develop that more. I think it's a great, um, it's a great way to connect. It's also very useful. And I feel like it's my way of contributing to people well-being. Um, yeah. and the rest, the rest of my activities are not actually making any money. Ah, well, sowing the seeds, sowing the seeds. 
maybe. maybe we'll see. Um, so you, your, your biggest source of income often comes from digital. Mm-hmm. And I know things of this, this time in the world, things have been a little crazy. Um, you were saying you got laid off. Yeah, like, my contract ended, which I, I forgot about that. But as, as a freelance, uh, this happened more uh, than I, I wish for at the same time, because I've been freelancing for so long, I've been pretty used to it. So bouncing back is fairly, uh, from an emotional and psychological standpoint, is, is pretty easy. Um, it's not my preference because it's, it's, I feel like I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I missed my team. I felt like I, I had more work to be, to be doing in that place. But, uh, often what happens because I'm a senior and I'm, a, I'm a fairly, uh, I have a good rate and that becomes a cost or a liability for companies that believe their business is not going to be able to support it. So I'm usually, once I set up things to work properly, uh, they'll be like, okay, well, then we're going to, Bring someone like a little junior millennial to to do the uh, the rest of the work. But now, thank you very much. So, and, and it's not no hard feeling on their part. The they, last last job was very uh, they were very elegant about it. But that happens, and so I don't completely freak out about it because uh, I have savings number one, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's been probably why I don't freak out during COVID because I. You know, maybe I won't be able to buy that place as quickly as I wanted, but at the same time, I could live like, like this for a while without any problem. But I would like to be working right now, honestly. And how does it, f- like the first time it happened, now that you've got savings and stuff, but like even though you know that the contract's going to end, is there just a little part that when they say, well, we're going to, ha- uh, we have some news. It's time for you to go. Is there <laughs> still a little bit of like, come to my office right now. I need to talk to you. <laughs> like, is there still no, a little, no, I, I mean, I've. It's, I cried. Like, frankly, I was so shocked last time I cried. I wasn't happy about it, but it's more, I think it's more like a muscle, you know, like you're, you're going to get hurt, but at the same time it, you have enough to to bounce back. No, the first time it happens to me, I was actually not freelancing. I got fired a couple of times while I was in San Diego in LA. And that didn't, yeah. like from an ego standpoint, I, I, I really couldn't understand that was, uh, that was happening. And then I start to realize that someplace I'm a great fit. Sometimes I'm not, or some circumstances which are beyond my control, regardless of, you know, me being an amazing performer or not, but right. I'm typically pretty confident in my, in what I bring to the table. Um, I, I started, this is because I got fired from a full-time job that I started to freelance. And this is how I got to craft this lifestyle. It it was kind of random. And, uh, well, what happened, what happened is that I was constantly, uh, stretched between the States and Europe and trying to go back and forth, which like you said, would not really be possible if you have one or two weeks vacation a year. And, and I, I don't think I knew how I wanted to do that, but it's almost like the universe put me in that situation where suddenly as a freelance, I can do whatever I want with my schedule. And uh, that let, let me being able to travel back and forth for a while. And my last freelance in Belgium was nine months. Uh, the one before that was four years. So it wasn't exactly short term like I used to do maybe in the state. So that gave me a little bit of a level of, of I would say, certainty mm-hmm. uh but everything in the back of my mind i always have that yeah it could stop and then and then i have to hustle again to find something else which right now is def- it's definitely slow so definitely slow 
Mm-hmm. What would you, do you do you have any financial fears? Are there certain things that make you more anxious um, when it comes to money? Um, besides maybe not having you know steady income. So, well, because right now I feel like I'm back in the system. Okay, so when I was in the states and I happened to have had MS for a while, I know it, it disappeared, which is pretty amazing on its own, but for a while. Having MS and living in the States was not a comfy position uh, just because lack of health insurance or certain type of health insurance was busted an arm. But also I, had, I felt like at the time I started to be in a habit, I, like I need to have at least 10 grand on my saving because if I need to get on a plane and, and go back to, to France to get treatment or whatever else is happening in my life, 10 grand was like kind of my, my you know, safety uh, com- comfort zone. Um, so I've sort of always kind of lived beyond, uh, like under my means, beyond mm-hmm. my means. So yeah. I, I always have plenty. I actually don't know how much I have. I never look unless I, you know, I need to find my taxes with you or, mm-hmm. um, you know, just pay whatever, uh, VAT and stuff like that. Um, but I, I don't, I don't ever look. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure all my balance are, are paid off. But so no, I don't have per se fears. Uh, none for my old days also because somewhat I feel like I, I'll be okay. Uh, or it's denial. I'm not sure, but no, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't think about it that much. Now in Europe, um, do they take care of their older folks, the system, or you're just on your own? <laughs> it's, it's more and more privatized. So you, and as a contractor, I will, I most likely, uh, uh, plan for it. Like, so I, I save for it every month through my company and through, uh, my personal, uh, uh, expense, I mean, uh, saving. Uh, so I would say we're better off than the States, but it's definitely not, uh, it's not going to be taken care of. So, uh, hopefully I'll have enough riches by then that, you know, somewhat I have a house and, and probably in good shape because I, it helps for me. It's super important. So I'm, I'm putting all the chances on my side to uh, to live healthy and not having too many problems, but you never know. Do you have any siblings? I have a brother, and mm-hmm. he has two kids. They live down the street from from where I'm at, so I actually see them quite often. Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah, but they, he has a job with the European institution, which is like the best kind of, I wouldn't say it's government job, but it's it has lots of, safety and also lots of advantages. So, um, they all already own a house, uh, feel like, uh, they're good to go. And how long has he lived in Brussels? He has lived for, I don't know, like maybe 15 years. That's where he okay. met his wife. That's why I moved here to be frank. Cause I wanted to be close to, to family without moving back to Paris, which I love as a city. I love to travel there, but cost of living is crazy. And I think uh, quality of life is also nicer in Brussels. Have Now, have you traveled extensively beyond Europe and the U.S. or mostly uh, just Europe? Yeah, I went, actually, I went to China on my last gig. That was so cool. Oh, my ah. God, Bob. Yes, I um So I've, I've been to Latin America and, and Asia a couple of times, but... That Chinese uh, trip was the bomb because I, I really hacked that one. Like I was in charge of making it happen for a, a social media um, project we were doing for our client, but I really managed to make it happen. 
uh, and and I you know pat myself on the back because it, my vendor uh, uh, just left like maybe two weeks before that whole thing was supposed to happen, and I um, found somebody that was amazing. She delivered awesomely on that workshop, and we totally befriended. And when it was time to travel, guess what? And that happened only every two, 10 years, but I managed to fly Emirate business, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was on its own, just my own personal Christmas. And then I stayed in some awesome hotels. So um, I really did enjoy that. Yeah. that's um, So what's, what's the best part of flying business or first class? So I would say that for someone that is not completely faded by it or Actually, I think most business people that I've seen on those planes look terrible. Like they yeah. don't look healthy. They don't look like they're really enjoying it. But for someone that is used to coach, <laughs> you know, uh, and last time I remember it was for the World Cup 2010 on business too. But this was a better plane because it was A380. Um, so it's just the comfort. Uh, I'm not... A, of course, everything is free, so you feel like you can just show up with a mini purse, and you'd be right. fine. When I usually have a big bag with a bunch of stuff, and you know, I'm always freaking out that I'm going to be over the limit weight or the, the size of the carry-on, whatever. You don't have to worry about any of that. But overall, you just—you're. I'm tiny. I can recline on my seat and sleep on my stomach, and that was—it's yeah. the best. And you do. There's something to be said about being less tired and more productive when you get there and it just, and people are nice. Yeah. You know, and, and I took a shower at the lounge in Dubai and that's the kind of thing you really, you know, you really can enjoy. And, and, and as a non, and and because I'm not that used to it, I really felt like this was, it was the the gift tipping on giving. That was amazing. That's awesome. What was the biggest thing you noticed in China that was different um, around money um, or the way people were? So there's, uh, so we were, if we're talking about hustling in the States, I mean, China is just another level. Honestly, there's a, a level of industriousness. Uh, obviously, they work long hours all the time. There's lots of business and so many people. It's so much, so much stuff being sold and to buy. Now, as I was walking the street in Shanghai, I was thinking, okay, we have a conversation in Europe about sustainability and, and the fact that, you know, we should probably recycle, stuff like that, which is supernatural to me. And I would say most of my friends in the States are sensitive to this. Uh, some are just spending like, like water, everything they have in the States too. So I didn't say that everybody's on that level, but I was thinking no matter what I'm recycling at home, it's being offset right now by a million of other people using plastic in China and buying more stuff. And, and they have huge avenues with amazing buildings that are, you know, it's like fifth Avenue everywhere compared to, you know, if if you've been to Spain and you travel to little cities and little streets with little vendors, it's 10 times that. Mm. What do you think the best part of traveling is? To me, I, I just like uh, dis- discovering new places. Um, it's a little bit of variety, you know. I like I like I like to stay home. I actually don't don't do much when I'm home in my city. But when I travel, I always love to to go places. I think it's uh, nature, landscapes, 
new experiences. Um, I don't exactly splurge. I wouldn't say that. I'm also a little bit of a hacker, so I like to optimize my spending. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, being with friends or discovering new things, new culture. Uh, uh, the the very luxury aspect of my business trip in China was like a plus, but really I managed to go to a museum and I went to the Yellow Mountain outside of the city. So I, I kind of make it work to to get a different kind of experience in some place I've never been. So that was the best part. That's cool. I love traveling. Um, what was the best financial advice you ever got? Um, so I'm kind of... I'm always oscillating on between, you know, you got to save, you know, like this, uh, proverbial, uh, uh, the La Fontaine where yeah. you have this, the, I don't know the name of the insect, but one is saving the other is spending. So I've always been a little more on the saving side. I feel like it's, it's supported my lifestyle in so many good ways that I feel like making the right choices. Uh, and, and kind of monitoring my budget and, and kind of assessing what I can, can I afford or what I want to don't want to afford, uh, was a good thing. But there's also something to be said and, uh, about the abundance of the mm -hmm. world and how with your mindset, you can really connect to that. And I feel like every time I'm in the flow and it's coming to me without really doing anything, like those 15 clients in San Diego for readings, they happen like almost without me trying, like it actually did come my way. And, and when it happens, I'm always with lots of gratitude because I feel like I didn't really work that hard. So I would say that it's good to be mindful and to be paying attention. And at the same time, you get a trust that it's coming. So yeah, you do. I do think that you have to trust a little bit that the universe is going to bring the abundance. Uh, mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people that I know for me, I wasn't always so trusting in the beginning, but I, I do feel like uh, the universe is nice and aligns with us if we, if we, if we trust it. Um, let me ask you this. You get, to, you get to travel a little bit. You get to do sort of what you want. You, you're a pole dancer. You're an instructor. You do readings. You do Reiki, all these different things, and you get to sort of live the life you choose. How much money would it take um, for you to like give all that up? Like if you were to be paid, you know, $2 million a year and you just had to work 60 hours a week, what would be the number uh, that you would take to, to let all that go and give up your freedom? I never thought about that. That's a strange question. Um, well, I don't know if I have a number. I, I think I'd be willing to, well, first off, I feel like I have, I have it good, but this could also change anytime. Like, Let's say if I had a kid, this would stop, right? And suddenly yeah. I would make a couple of different choices. If they don't let me go travel for another six months to the States or, you know, whatever the case may be, then, then that's it with my traveling lifestyle, you know, and I didn't, and I got zero for it. So, um, no, I think, uh, I don't know, honestly, I, when I work, I feel like I work hard. I feel like I'm, I should be paid for the value that I'm bringing and I have a pretty strong confidence about that value, but it depends on the market. It took me a while in Belgium to get back to the level I had in the States, for instance. Um, so if I was, uh, if I was slaving to a company, um, yeah, it would need to be a lot, but, or it would need to be like super, I would feel super engaged or, or have a purpose that goes beyond. Um, 
yes, no, I don't have an answer, I guess, for that number. <laughs> but I will think about it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I can write the check, but uh, <laughs> just always good to know. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? That's a question they asked me at, uh, when I entered my business school. Mm-hmm. And they say you should think about that question and you should also be able to answer it when you start interviewing for companies. And I'm so the opposite of that because, uh, you know, when I was in business school, I could never have thought that I would do this kind of lifestyle that I would live in the States, that I would do all those things that, you know, I was definitely not a dancer and I was not an intuitive person. Um, so I, I don't know. I think, uh, I'll probably be in Belgium, though that doesn't sound super sexy. Um, <laughs> I would like to, I would like to have some sort of, you know, you always say grass is greener. Like I have actually a lot of freedom. People envy, envy that. Uh, and sometimes I do aspire to maybe more stability or having, you know, a family or, or like a steady relationship, not complaining. I have uh, lots of fun by, you know, on the other side, but, um, I don't know. Um, recently a, a gay couple of friends of mine asked me if I wanted to be a mom of their kid, of their future kid, like carry their kid. Yeah. And I, I never thought about that. It was, it was such a strange question. And if I, I'm contemplating, okay. which is a step down from considering. I so I'm not completely in the, but if I was to go for it, then my, my whole life would change. Suddenly I would become a mom. And then my, my, you know, my answer to your question would be that, I don't know, I guess I'll be a mom in Brussels, but if I don't, then who knows, you know, maybe I, I've met this great guy and suddenly I move back to LA. I, I don't know. I think I would like to be, my goal personally is to be emotionally fit and physically fit. Those are the two things I'm prioritizing in my life because I feel like I can do anything and I'd be fine no matter what happened, if, if I have those two taken care of. So part of my spiritual life is supporting this part of my healthy lifestyle, nutrition fitness is supporting the other part. And that's a big deal because yes, when I used to possibly have MS, I feel like this also was a good wake up call that we have one vehicle and you got to take care of it on the, in this lifetime at least. So. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that's, I think that's really good advice to everybody to uh, take care of yourself uh, emotionally and physically uh, so that we can enjoy. We do get, we only do get one life and we only get one vehicle. Um, And you bounce back faster because guess what? COVID is, is, I would say it's easier for me to be relaxed because I have savings. So I don't, I don't want to undermine that. I don't think everybody in the same boat, uh, especially right now. But having that um, mental strength or emotional strength is, has shown me that I actually handle it pretty well, or at least, mm-hmm. I guess, for longer time, because I, I was kind of losing it a little bit, like, last couple weeks ago. But now I'm back to being okay, because I have that resource, that spiritual uh, backbone, if you will. Yeah, so it's, it sounds like that it's a real balance of having some savings and having a little bit of uh, grounded reality and then having that spiritual, emotional and physical uh, healthiness that keeps it all in balance, and Absolutely. which then allows you to be a little bit more trusting that it's all going to unfold and that you don't have to yeah. get it all worked out and figure out the next 82 years. Um, but that there's, there's a big 
big element of trust that it's going to work out and that you've got the capacity to handle what comes your way. Yeah. And I remember you and I having conversation about, you know, old days and should we invest in silver or gold or whatever you're doing? And I was like, maybe I should do like him. How do I find that out? And then, you know, I read this really interesting book from Tony Robbins. I think mm -hmm. it was called Unshakable. Mm -hmm. And uh, I moved my money also uh, after that. I feel like, yeah, you got to be in tune with certain things coming your way. Now, um, whether or not I'm, I'm uh, completely, uh, uh, always, I'm, not, I'm never really thinking about money all the time, but I do pay attention to signs and I do pay attention to information when it comes my way. And I feel like my intuition is serving me that way. Yeah. To, to probably make some decision. Oh, and, and for the other bad, bad decision, money decision, I had savings in France, so like some money I had for over 10 years in this account that actually didn't bring anything back. Like if anything, ah. I probably lost whatever the fee was attached to this, to holding this account. And I thought, okay, this is stupid. Like this could have been compounded for a long time. So. I'm just being a little, I guess, trying to be smart. Yeah, be smart and just look at the information that's out there. Being conscious is what mm -hmm. it sounds like. Being conscious and intentional. Where now, maybe people... you'd be better. Maybe you'd yeah. be better off if the system goes away. You can still have all your silver. That's I right. Probably, I have like right now nothing because I don't I haven't bought an apartment yet. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I like my silver <laughs> coins. I like my silver <laughs> coins. <laughs> Where can people find you on social media? Um, they can they can find me on Instagram, and uh, though I don't post much, but I do uh, follow a bunch of people. Uh, with and the handle is Soft Trio. Same thing on Facebook, or you can just type my name, Sophie Triolet, you'll find me. Um, I have a website, sophietriolet.com, and um, to connect on LinkedIn is is also super easy and um, my handle is soft trio as well s-o-p-h-t-r-i-o great so if people want to get a reading or want to learn how to pole dance or need some help on some digital uh, yep. they can check sophie out and uh, we'll have all that information on the on the site as well um well, it's been great having you here. I, I, the time goes quick and uh, yeah. it's, it's fun to hear. And I hope that things continue to go well over in uh, Belgium. Um, to our listeners, I want to say don't forget to share the love. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for Money You Should Ask. All one word. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast player. And uh, thanks again to The Money Nerve, our sponsor, and Sophie – it's been wonderful, and I look forward to seeing you when you Thank make you it so back much. to the States. Yes, we'll have coffee or tea for sure this time. Thanks, Bob. Mm -hmm.